1: can't you just kill that guy like couldn't you yeah. just bury a fucking buddy or stick into his teeth
0: hey aren't you that guy everybody hates no man no. this is tall can audio follow along on twitter at tall can audio or at facebook.com
1: slash tall can audio just do it What's happening, everybody? Welcome inside episode 895 of the Tall Can Audio Podcast. Matt Robinson here in our studio in beautiful Bytown, Canada. Rob is out in the, uh, we've been calling it the satellite studio in Canada. What's going on, man?
0: I'm feeling very Olympic today, Matt. Okay, I've got my little short track speed skating suit on. You know, the one with the groovy little yellow helmets. Elbows up around the corner. see somebody about that. Who knows where the show was going to go today, my friend. I'm feeling fired up.
1: Okay. Uh, that's good to know. <laughs> well, it's good to be prepared, I guess. Uh, we're on Twitter and Instagram at Tall Can Audio. Facebook.com slash Tall Can Audio. Make sure you're subscribed wherever you're listening right now. Uh, I have received numerous messages, and you people can all get out of my face, that say they recite that little bit along with me when the show comes on, wherever they're listening, that they know it's going to drop. Uh, that I hope that they will subscribe. But I do. I hope you'll subscribe uh, wherever you're listening right now. Um, what are we sipping on today, man? That's got us in a place where you're, uh, you, you don't know exactly where you're going to send us.
0: Well, I haven't really begun to sip anything yet, but okay. but I have, I have a, just a quick question for you, Matt. Mm-hmm. And I love CanCon as much as anybody else, but there's something that struck me today. And, and I know this oh, is I hope great. it was something heavy. Uh, well, Hey, <laughs> many, many times, my friend, many times. Um, Listening to, came up on the radio, Superman's Dead by Our Lady Peace. Yes. Okay. And I I got to the second half of it and I thought, how did this guy ever get a record deal with that voice? The entire second half. Yeah. Yeah. the, The entire second half, he sounds more like Cartman from South Park than, well,
1: anything else. So I traded a few tweets about this song, actually not that long ago with the band's drummer, Jeremy Taggart. And, uh, someone had posted a live video of them playing the song and he's going off on whatever and how rain, you know, handled most of the lyrics. He didn't want to be questioned about it. And he's the, the lyric is, and and someone else brought it up in the replies towards the end that the world's a subway. Yeah. And, um, he's like, I, someone had asked, what does that mean? He goes, I don't know. And I replied underneath and this is true. I had always thought the lyric was that the world is some way. Oh, and he replied, and "He goes, yeah, that would have made way more sense, man. Like, <laughs> it would have okay, probably been I, a more I, fitting lyric."
0: I was you yeah. So to me, I thought I was mishearing it as the world's a subway. Nope. Like, like That's to me, it. and I think of more. Do you think he means subway subway.
1: the restaurant or the train?
0: Yeah, I was just gonna say, <laughs> I, I think more of the, you know, the the subway melt twelve inch. Yeah, okay. I, gotta get it. Gotta get it. Uh. But th- that is that is, and we've talked about misheard lyrics a bunch of times. The other the other one I heard today was, and I don't know what the Sloan tune is, but it's the body, you know, when he awoke, the body, his body was covered in goat jizz. Yeah, okay. I thought it was goat <laughs> piss is what I <laughs> okay. is what I always hear, right? Instead of Coke <laughs> phase. It took me I don't know how long before somebody said, it's not goat piss, man. I don't know, I don't know what circles you run in, but well, I will,
1: I will send the good listener back if they haven't caught it yet. Uh, Ian Mendez was on the show, episode 894. It's uh, the one just below this one, wherever you're listening right now, where I hope you've subscribed. Uh, and he was trying the uh, the Lake Fever Lager. Ian's been on the show before. He's not overly adventurous with his beer uh, types, so we kept it kind of middle of the road here. And the Tragically Hip, over the summer, had put out this Lake Fever Lager. And uh, it was pretty early in the day when we recorded, so we also, you know, the, these were in small cans. It seemed... You know, like, let's just take her easy here. But he commented that that beer should have been called Tragically Hopped. And uh, it's all right. Ian likes a joke or two like that. And I, I put it out to the good listener afterwards. Send us your suggestions for, uh you know, Tragically Hip-themed beers. And we got a couple here, man, I'm going to hit you with because some of these are, eh, you know, it's not too bad. Um, The first one on the list, you know, and we didn't set any rules, didn't have to be song, didn't have to be album because whatever you want tragically hip themed the first one i i liked here it was just violet light but light spelled l-i-t-e which uh, i thought was kind of fun um phantom porter uh not too bad um coors delia you're kind of reaching a little bit nice but i yeah. like it <laughs> um all tore up not too bad uh so there was a couple of good oh and my favorite i think i think my favorite was trouble at the brew house and, uh, that works out pretty well too. So, right. uh, you can keep those coming if you want. We're at tall can audio, but, uh, you're tragically hip. You're th- anything jump to your mind, man. I am putting you on the spot there a little bit, but, uh.
0: Well, first of all, it should be tragically hops.
1: Yeah. Not hopped.
0: Or, or tragically hop. It's tragically hip. Yeah. Tragically hop. Well, Anyways.
1: We're all, we're pigeonholing a lot of stuff yeah, here, yeah, man. To yeah, make it yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. fit. Yeah, yeah. Uh, to me, Cordelia is one of those ones that always comes to me. So I really appreciate the offering of. like come on man like to me that is that's perfect yeah in my in my opinion so
1: oh and the uh, the other one here was kind of playing off you know liquid courage was uh you know you're forcing it a little bit but again it works i i I I do like phantom porter there's a couple of good ones. yeah
0: i had my courage t-shirt on yesterday my hip t-shirt love it that's a a good one uh ian mendez he's an all-around threat that guy (laughs) yes well, and to me, he's he's got the pop culture thing down. Mm-hmm. He is super knowledgeable in in, in many different, um, you know, sports. Well, I but, took
1: him. I took him out for a walk. I told him when he came in, man, it's. I know you've been in the hockey bubble here since you joined the athletic. We're doing baseball. We're doing CFL. We're doing, you know, nineteen ninety Nintendo sports games. He had it all, man. He, he knew he was right on cue with all of it. So
0: yeah, and, and the thing is that 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 is most impressive about him is when you listen to him in a um His in affiliation a, with us in a in a presser well he's super handsome too right i think that's <laughs> probably two of the things right away but he has an ability to ask the question that maybe the sort of casual sports fan or hockey fan would like to know
1: mm-hmm.
0: right which is which is a difficult thing when you are well versed in
1: sports yeah to think about the person who isn't as knowledgeable. So to me, he's got a bit of that. Yeah, it's he, a great point, man. He's there every day. He may already know the answer to the question he's about to ask, right? He's inside. He's been talking to players. He's been talking to management types. He's whatever. But I got to get it on record that, you know, maybe other people are overlooking it because they're here every day at practice and already know the answer. I need to ask the question so it can be placed on the record here that the fan may not yet know the answer to.
0: Right. Right. And and the person up on the on the podium or that is thinking, why are you asking me stupid questions, man? But but because fans reality, ask stupid questions. Well, well uh, this is it. This is it. Anyways, to me, he's 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 very good that way. Consummate pro.
1: That's uh, episode eight ninety four at tallcanaudio I uh, Should also mention eight ninety five. Our pal Amy Burke will be back on the show for a pint and a little talk. We'll talk about uh, how things went down in uh, or over in up in whatever in Tokyo. Uh, and and what exactly happened there? But she also knows the Thursday morning show is not necessarily an interview show. It's uh, that's our that's one of our news shows, right? That's a current events show. So she's coming in locked and loaded to uh, to help host episode eight ninety five later on. Uh, get subscribed to that one. I, we've received some messages to the website uh, to contact at uh, asking, you know, what exactly went on over there, and uh, so she's willing to come in and talk a little bit about that as well. So uh, get subscribed. Uh, Also later this week you're not going to want to miss this because this is going to be fun uh, even if you're not necessarily into the UFC. uh, Our fight guys are going to be in Graham Creech, Steve Bunda. They've been on the show a bunch of times whenever uh, some big UFC stuff is coming up or whenever there's a a big card to cover. We've had them on but of course because of the pandemic like so many other things uh, we've had to move it online Uh, and the boys have wanted to get in. We've wanted to have them in uh, and we wanted to do something here in studio. That's going down this week finally. Um, huge cards on the next two Saturdays. This almost never happens. There's UFC 267 uh, going down this coming Saturday. That'll be October 30th. And then November 6th, again, uh, another huge card, UFC 268. So with two huge cards coming up, we thought this was a perfect time to get the boys in studio, finally get to do this, talk a little bit about the fight world and where things stand right now. Uh, of course, those of you who under such things Uh, who are into such things saw Fedor Emelianenko at 45 years old uh, with just an ungodly KO at Bellator 269 this weekend. I'm sure we'll get to that as well. But we want to have the boys in, want to have a pint, want to talk a little bit about the fight game. Um, So that will come out on Friday morning. It will be episode, uh, where are we at? 897 of Tall Can Audio. Amy Burke is on Thursday morning. That will be 896. Uh, the fight show with Graham Creech and Steve Bunda will be Friday morning. That will be 8.97. Uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. Looking forward to finally getting those guys in studio for a pint and some fight talk. So look forward to that as well.
0: Okay. So now doubling back to your original question, I think mm. you asked me, I don't know, a while ago. 12
1: minutes ago, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what, what I'm sipping on. Oh, that whole thing.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, anyways, I got things to say, and sometimes you get carried away with business and and shit, and I don't get. Yeah, sorry
1: about that. Yeah,
0: I I don't. I don't get. Sorry about
1: keeping the eighteen wheeler on the highway, (laughs) (laughs) or at least on the (laughs) the shoulder.
0: Well, the quote I the quote I heard the other day, Matt, was for every mile of road, there's two miles of ditch. (laughs) (laughs) That that that's this show.
1: No doubt. No doubt, ma'am.
0: So I have doubled back to um, tree brewing out of Kelowna, B.C. I am drinking the Thirsty Beaver Amber Ale. Of course.
1: <laughs> of course. It's, it's Monday morning. morning. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Thirsty, Thirsty. Beaver. See, I, and I knew that this beer existed because now I didn't remember the brewery and maybe there are, there's more, I was going to say maybe but for sure there's more than one thirsty beaver out there. Um, yeah,
0: for sure there is a couple hungry ones too.
1: <laughs> at one point you and I, I think you were still kicking around. Yeah. You were, were responsible for organizing a, uh, a sports competition, but it was just local. It was just regional. And, uh, at some point we pitched the idea of just naming the, uh, the teams after different craft beers. And there was some good ones and and that we hit them with, but they stopped short of allowing the uh, the thirsty beaver. And at that point there was no point even doing it anymore. So we just pitched the whole thing, (laughs) screw it then thistles and harlequins, and back to other Ontario.
0: Red coats, all these sorts of things. Yeah. Yeah. It it was really all an attempt to get thirsty beaver on something.
1: Horribly veiled. Like it was just that stuck out way too much for it to ever pass.
0: Well, anybody who's listening to this show knows Horribly Veiled may also be the name of this yes. show too, right? So that's okay. That's all right. Uh, so this is comes in at 5%, uh, very smooth, uh, although I'm not getting – usually in a red, I'd like to get a little of that sort of sweet malty, like a little bit of that. I'm not getting much of any of that, and I'm certainly not getting any sort of middle-of-the-road hoppiness. It's it's just it's, – it's very smooth drinking, mm-hmm. and – um middle of the road, I would suggest to you.
1: All right. What do you got going on? in the middle there? of the road beaver. Uh, <laughs> this week. Um, I've been talking for weeks now about stout season without really drifting back into the stouts on the show yet. Uh, so we're changing that today. This is from the bench brewing company. We've tried a Ooh. couple things from those yep. guys uh, over the, over the years. I don't think I've had this stout before. This is called the Mountain View American Stout, uh, 6%. And they say they are aiming for a classic stout. You know, I often drift off into all kinds. Of <laughs> Let's see what else will fit into this. And people right. pouring all kinds of crazy shit into their stouts. And I'm usually down to try it. They're shooting for a classic American stout with just a hint of roasted coffee and chocolate in the, uh, the flavor, which isn't particularly uncommon for, for stouts. So, uh, like I said, 6% American stout here from the bench brewing company. Uh, I've never had this one before, so we'll see how that goes down, man. But we are now undoubtedly after last weekend, kind of got that tail end of, of 21, 22 degrees, uh, this week fall arrived in a big way.
0: Well, And and could it not pivot a little like a. Not just slammed the fucking brakes on. (laughs) Not, not to zero overnight. And like, I, I try and push not for any cheapness reasons, but I try and push turning the furnace on for as long as I can.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Right. But when there's frost on your face, when you wake up in the morning (laughs) and you're like, and I don't mind that I I, I do like a cool, a cool nighttime, uh, but. Yeah, it makes it it makes it hard to get out of the bed in the morning. That's the real issue, right? You're like, uh, probably not. Probably
1: well, not. Well, see, so you've been here enough times. This building, as you know, runs a little warm where my condo is. And uh, I woke up to an email, I don't know, on Tuesday or Wednesday that said, we have shut the air conditioning off and turned the heat on. And uh, it's one of those buildings where you can only have one or the other. It's uh, You can turn it off in your own unit. Um, but you don't ever have the option for heat or air conditioning at the same time. And I wanted to reply, like, you know, it was 19 degrees yesterday, right? Like I get that maybe we don't need the AC, but once the heat comes on in the building and all the seniors around here start using it, things heat up fast, man. So that sliding glass door in my living room to the balcony has been wide open pretty much ever since just, uh. There's always in the spring and in the fall, like a three week period where neither is really appropriate. And so the building is running overly warm and you kind of got to do your own thing to to create any sort of comfort.
0: Well, there's just little, you know, incubators of influenza happening on all, all sides of Manhattan. It's just as Ethel and Mabel crank up the heat to about 90. Yeah. How is that still, Matt?
1: Uh, it is exactly what they said it would be a classic American stout. And, uh, that's really what I was looking for here. Um, nothing wild about it. It, it, it reminds a little bit of the, uh, the Guinness, but certainly uh, obviously more carbonated. Um, but, uh, pretty nice. Okay, Good. Did you have a chance at all? There's some stuff here we're we're gonna touch on as we go. But uh, did you have a chance to catch the the first couple minutes, the the opening ceremony to the Seattle Kraken franchise as they uh, they make their their home opener on Saturday night against the Canucks?
0: Uh, was it was it the CBC late game? Yeah No, I did not. Now, I no, i did I didn't watch it live. I went back and i I watched a bunch of it online afterwards. Um, the arena looks fantastic. Yeah, I'm not sure. I love the screens on either side.
1: Yeah, the double clock yeah, there that they got going on, or the double jumbotron.
0: Yeah, well, it's like, yeah, so that's uh, that's a bit weird. And then to me, they they totally jumped the whole thing when they f- retired the number 32. I thought,
1: okay, so that stood out to me too. But just to say on the arena for one second, Frank Saravalli posted an interesting picture. He goes. This doesn't get captured from outside or when you look around the arena, it's hard to tell, but he's taking a picture of windows kind of at the back of um, the, the lower bowl and there are people like looking in the windows and they can see down onto the rink and he goes just to give you an idea of like how deep the bowl is here. There, those are people on street level looking out at yeah. the first reply underneath is well, that won't get last long. Right? Like yeah. you're not catching any of this for free fuckers, but it was an interesting design choice, right? The the whole thing here is supposed to be that it's the world's first, um, carbon neutral arena and it's called, what is it? Environment, climate pledge. Climate pledge. That's it. Climate pledge arena. Um, and so we'll see how all that stuff shakes. There's a bunch of cool stuff going on, like in the, um, arena shops and and stuff like that, where it's all cash free. And it's not even that you're swiping your phone. It's like you have a, like you, you kind of show your phone when you go into the store and there's like a barcode. And then as you lift things up off the shelf, it kind of reads whether you walk out with it and just charges to the app that you have for the, the arena. Um, so they're trying to, uh, modernize that way. Obviously Amazon was a huge part of, this climate pledge thing when they bought the naming rights and and they've tried a few different, you know, no staff stores. Um, yeah. but that's the way a bunch of this is supposed to run, but just, you know, the windows are supposed to be crucial to the, the heating without actually having to heat it and stuff like that. But it was kind of cool to see the yeah, these people on the sidewalk looking down, watching the game. Vince Dunn gets the uh, first goal in franchise history, but you mentioned the ceremony. I mentioned the ceremony what what somebody brought it up. That's what I wanted to touch on. Um, well, which before you do, Yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting in that,
0: as you say, when you look at the arena from street level, it's like a one story building. Yeah.
1: It's deep. It's buried like into the ground. It, it's the old it, key arena.
0: Yeah. And so to me, that was, it, that was super cool. Like uh, the opposite of Madison Square Gardens where the, uh, yeah. the, the ice pad is like on the fifth floor or yes. whatever it is. Um, But yeah, totally in the ground. Like, so uh, that is. I'd be, I'd love to go see it. It looks fantastic.
1: It really does look very cool. And they, they said like they, this, they called this a renovation, but essentially it's just because I guess the roof is like a city landmark or something. Like they weren't allowed to tear down the roof. So it was build a new arena or find a way to maintain, you know, the exterior of this. Um, So what they did was have like a bunch of cranes come in and hold up this like 400,000 ton roof. And then it's built underneath it. Um, so essentially, it's a renovation, but, well, it's actually a completely new building just under the same roof. And I don't know how I'd feel going to work every day underneath this suspended roof with nothing holding it up, but cranes that there's all kinds of fun YouTube videos that just blow over in the wind.
0: <laughs> For sure. Yeah. To the tune of a billion dollars. Yes. With, with a B. Yeah.
1: Yeah. For sure to renovate again right like and again like they're using that word fairly creatively but um yeah it does it looks cool it is wild how far under the ground it is but it's the same old uh, as in the same footprint as where the key arena was yeah. that the supersonics played in and stuff so um, they did a very good job of it the crowd was jacked but during the the actual ceremony there's a bunch of videos running about um, you know how they made this happen and thanking the fans and essentially I, I it was fine, but I felt like that crowd was ready to explode. And then you had this long drawn out video package and then Bettman speaks and, and we'll get to that in a second. And he gets booed as that's going on. And then they go back and there's another video and then they come out to do this Jersey retirement, which was the thing that stood out to me as, uh, as well as you, obviously you brought it up a second ago. Um, and he repeated like the team president slash owner Todd Liwicki, I believe repeated yeah. half the stuff they'd said in the video. And this crowd clearly just wants like the team introductions still have to come and we want to get the game going. Like they're ready to explode. And we're sort of over this, you know, motivational speech about how the franchise came together. And I guess in the nights leading up to it, they'd had two concerts, the Foo Fighters and Coldplay had both, uh, had concerts there the previous couple of evenings to open the arena, and there's just this energy where they clearly want to explode, but we're sitting here listening to whatever. And the last thing that Todd Lee wiki says that he's that's already been said in this video is that uh, we became the NHL's 32nd franchise, and within one day or whatever the time frame was, we had 32,000 season ticket deposits laid down. So obviously they're playing up this number 32. He goes. So we're going to retire the number 32 here in Seattle. And man, I get what they were going for, but it came off pretty cheesy. Didn't it? It came off kind of cringe to me.
0: Well, for sure. And, and, and you could tell that people were like, I don't know how many people knew in advance Mm -hmm. that they were doing this. And then, and, and kept going, you know, 32,000 in a day. And you did this, you made this happen. And, and then they're like, yay, yay. <laughs> you know, it just, it kept, it kept going. Yes. And you're like, and then they're like, and we're going to retire 32. And, and when I watched it, I'm like, okay, is this to like honor, like some senior player? That's like a legend in the area. Someone it's from the
1: like, 1919 Spanish flu. Yeah, you exactly. Died. Yeah, <laughs> yeah,
0: the Seattle millionaires or whatever yeah. they were. Right. Yeah. And you're like, what, what? No, that's it. And yeah, I was left leftist. You're like, okay, that sucks. Luckily it's not
1: a number anybody wants, not like 19 ticket holders or whatever. yeah,
0: but your, your, your fifth string goaltender, right? Is yeah, saying, training hey, man, camp where, where's that guy? Where's my 32? Yeah. So it's yeah, it, it was awkward and it was odd. Um and the article I was reading, I was scrolling through it, it had it had the LaWiki speech or clumps of it, and it it had the first face off, and and that's all good. The place was jacked yes. up and and but then it said, and like knowledgeable hockey fans, you know, kraken fans know what to do when Gary Bettman gets on the ice. <sighs> I'm not sure they really do, man. That was very mixed, right? There was some booing for sure. Oh, there was
1: a lot of booing.
0: There was <sighs> cheering too, though. And I'm like, hey, you get behind the booing or you cheer the man. I don't let The mixed thing is. Uh,
1: I see, and this is why it stood out to me. I'm good. Uh stop he literally just gave you a franchise I'm over the Gary booing thing because it's become a thing that he you know leans into too and he did it in Vegas oh you're officially a hockey market if you b- the fact that he enjoys it has ruined it for me and the fact that it's become a meme or a cliche or that he gets booed in all these cities that should cheer him for saving their franchises over yeah. the years or yep. whatever It. I'm just sort of I hate it now because it's a thing, right? Like that it's become just a, a an NHL cliche and that he likes it. And I don't know that he actually likes it, but the fact that he's fine with it and, and plays into it has completely ruined it for me. He just approved your expansion franchise and you're booing him. I'm not saying you got to be grateful, but it's pretty transparent to me. It yeah. was just cliche.
0: Well, and see, for me... The genesis of that is as a as a Canadian hockey fan I felt like in the 90s he sort of turned his back on 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 the Canadian franchises yeah. which were you know the big money bringers of this of this league in in order to sort of
1: his american his... footprint
0: Exactly and so in the 90s you're like man screw that guy <laughs> but the reality is yeah for places like Ottawa Winnipeg, Edmonton, who
1: kind of got it both ways,
0: <laughs> right? But but it's 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 this idea that he has worked hard to to keep franchises in in Canada and to do the Canadian assist program and all those sorts of things. And so, well,
1: I mean, you I, saw it over the years, even with a couple straight Stanley Cup finalists, right? And kind of related to the same guy, Jim Ball. Silly wanted to move Pittsburgh. He gets booed in Pittsburgh when they're you know, winning their cups and he shows up to make speeches and whatever. Nashville was another place Jim Balsillie was going to move. Bettman stepped in and and blocks that. Vegas is a place that he just, again, like Seattle, handed us. When I say handed, I don't mean it like they shouldn't have got it, but he literally just approved your bid to get a team and you're booing him and he's going, yeah, see, you're a real hockey market, you know, to boo me i mean like this stinks right like this isn't fun anymore it's
0: well i think it's also we just gave you a franchise thanks for the 650 million (laughs) dollars
1: that's true it wasn't exactly gifted
0: yeah (laughs) look at that guy generous
1: yeah i I gotta be honest i i you know that kind of bugged me not in the sense that it was mixed or that he got booed or cheered it was just like oh like it's just another sort of you, you know he you're right like there was a time where it looked like the Oilers might move and Pocklington was sort of running out of cash there and and he he blocked that from happening and um but he does have a mixed history here in Canada but I do think there's a lot of places that need to be aware of and you know what I guess do what you want right but it just it's it's taken all the fun out of it for me to see him get booed when you know, when I know he sort of digs it now or it's is it, now that yeah. it's just become a meme. So I, I did watch the first period. Um, I, I was only going to watch until Seattle scored or until the end of the first. Mainly, I just wanted to hear, you know, the goal horn and, and what they had chosen uh, for the goal song and all that stuff and just how it played. They, um, there'd already been an article in The Athletic, I believe it was Ryan Clark, I could be mistaken, who'd written what the origin was. It's an old fairy horn from one of the, Mm. um, you know, they, they went looking around and like, they liked it. I guess it's a common sound you'd hear around Seattle, right? Lots of, uh, lots of water right there. And, but they didn't want to try and hire anybody to reproduce it. They wanted an actual, uh, horn and those weren't easy to come by. And so they had this decommissioned fairy and they hung it from the, uh, the horn from the, uh, the rafters there in the arena. And then they had tried a couple goal songs. And I did see that during the, uh, the preseason, but they ended up going with lithium from Nirvana. There's that spot in the chorus. It was, yeah, yeah, yeah." you know, it's just easy to sing along, right? The, to the yaz. And, uh, so they went with those. I just wanted to hear what, how that was all going to work, how it was all going to come together, but we're down to like, I don't even know, 30 seconds left in the first period before Seattle finally scores. And so I got to hear it before I was, uh, hanging it up to go to bed. It's Vince Dunn who scores the goal. Um, And it was funny watching the broadcast. You could hear the referee um, saying to the teams, because it was a big scrum that lasted for like 40 seconds in the corner. And um, Vancouver's line had already been on the ice for a minute and a half. And you can hear the ref yelling, I'm going to let you play it. I'm going to let you play. And they're clearly trying to freeze it, right? And finally, the puck just squeaks out to Dunn at the point. There's no one anywhere near him. And he just blasts it home. Um, I don't think Vancouver was all that appreciative that they were being allowed to play it, but uh, it's a good goal, man. Yeah. Well, you going to remember Vince Dunn, first ever goal in Kraken history? Nope. Probably not, eh?
0: Nope, probably not. And really, it's, uh, I love the jerseys.
1: Yeah, it's a good look.
0: They're I saying love- right
1: now 20% of the sales out of the online NHL stores on Kraken merch.
0: Well, it, to me, it's just, it's, it's clean and simple,
1: I looked it's around fun. when they first released the stuff whenever it was. I wanted one of the, the hats. Like, it's a sharp logo, man. It,
0: well, see, I don't really like the logo. No eh? I, 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 like I said, the color scheme yeah. and, and, and the simplicity of it mm-hmm. are, are nice, but I, I think they could have done better than the, whatever, the S or whatever that is. You know, yep. the, just, it's, to me, it's, it's a bit odd, but the color scheme is, is super sharp and the jerseys I love, so... Um, I'm not going to get one.
1: No. Well, the, a Jersey is a different thing than a hat, right? I was prepared to drop 35 bucks. I wasn't prepared to drop 200.
0: Yeah. Well, see, and I'm not wearing a Kraken hat. Yeah. Well, I'm not wearing a Calgary flames hat. I'm not wearing a Anaheim ducks hat. Forget it, man. Like to me, your hats, you got to keep you gotta, your hats have to mean something
1: totally disagree. I can't wear, I I, I got hats for just about now in hockey, it's much harder. I I don't have a lot. It's Leafs and and some team Canada stuff, but across the other sports that are sort of secondary to me, if you got a sharp looking hat, there's a good chance. It's in my collection.
0: And and you, you stumbled on a good point there, Matt, um, that it is to me, hockey is, is, is different, right? I'm not willing to. Uh, But there's back in the day when I probably had 60 or 80 hats. Yeah. Right. It's hard to have every one of those mean something. Yes. Um, But like I had – I had a Utah jazz hat that was sure. super sweet, right? You have a right? Pittsburgh it, it was,
1: Pirates hat. You did, you swapped it out. With the, <laughs> yeah, to now it's a Anita Pirates hat. <laughs> yeah, exactly.
0: Um, but yeah, but I like that hat, Yeah. right? So baseball is, I had a Colorado Rockies hat. I had a Mariners hat.
1: I uh, like just the a, Denver Broncos orange. So I've got a couple of those in my collection. I, yeah, know. but see,
0: and I'm not a multicolored hat guy either. Yeah. You, you seem to be quite fine with, I don't want or, my, the, I don't want the peak Little. a blue. Yeah, yeah the sweet color combination. Yeah. I don't want the peak of my cap to be a different color.
1: Yeah. I'm fine with it in certain I, well,
0: I, I know, but some <laughs> of us have taste and some of us don't.
1: Yeah. And that's why some of us have a sweet collection right now. And <laughs> some of us are literally taking brewery hats off people's heads in the middle of podcasts.
0: Yeah. Or wearing, wearing, a am wearing a, a Guinness hat right now. That is, I have no idea how old it is, but when I wore it to the Guinness Museum in Dublin, the, the woman said to me at the, at the taking the ticket, she's the like, woman, she's like, I didn't realize we had a hat in that color. And I'm like, yeah, well, cause it was black and yeah, now it's,
1: it's a long way from that
0: stone gray. Right. And the peak is all the, it's all frayed, but I love it, man.
1: It's, it's a
0: gorgeous hat.
1: Uh, you know what else I loved was, what was it? Thursday night, Carolina hurricanes. Correct. Montreal Canadians. Kotkaniemi's return to the Bell Centre for the first time. And the good people of Montreal decided, we're going to let this kid have it. We uh, did not enjoy what went down this summer. We are completely oblivious to our hypocrisy and the god that we would have made Sebastian Ajo, should he have ended up in, uh, in Montreal when that went down two years ago. And as that game is going on, these people started chanting 6.1. 6.1 at this millionaire, I guess, reminding him about the sweet contract he signed over the summer, yeah. uh, which is his salary this year. Uh, also a slightly less classy fuck you KK, which was, uh, you know, I, am I suppose after the Logan Mayu thing that went down back at the draft and this. We can probably be done with this whole idea of the classy Montreal Canadians. Uh, Montreal is any place. The Canadians are any team and we're done with the notion that they're special. Um, but a little mad that this guy signed the, uh, the RFA deal and, and headed off to Carolina, um, there's a couple places we could take this. Uh, it was kind of fun to see the way the Hurricanes leaned into it. They got their victory and immediately posted a website called didthehabslose.com, which takes you to a place where you can buy a number 20 uh, Sebastian Aho. Or I believe you could buy both an Aho or a Kanyemi shirt, but they were both $20, which of course is Aho's number. Um, just leaned into it, right? Having a good time with it again. Uh, what did you make of the whole thing, man? And were you surprised at the level of vitriol directed at this kid?
0: Well, and I, I believe they were toying with the idea of making the the T-shirt, the AHO T-shirt, $20.82.
1: That's correct, which is the number right. that Kotkan Yemi ended up with, 82, down in Carolina and decided not. Nah, right. It's just an extra kick in the dick. Let's just leave it at 20 bucks and move well,
0: on. And the, and the beauty is, uh, so not only did Kock and Yemi score in the game, but Aho had three points. Yep. Right, two, go- two goals in the, I believe the primary on the, uh, on the Kock and Yemi goal. So that is, that is the real kick in the <laughs> flaccid penis for sure. Um, yeah. Anybody, anybody who has, and first of all, you can't hold the dirty, unwashed Habs fan. And the, and the organization to the same standard. Like to me, the, I think the, the organization's
1: still, done enough itself to lower itself to the yeah, washed yeah. match Yeah, yeah,
0: but I, I think you still have, they still do a, a solid pregame ceremony and they, they still Ugh. do a bunch of things right. Um, but yeah, to me, anybody who doesn't get how a 22 year old kid is going to sign a contract that's three times his value at the moment. Yeah. It is a complete idiot, right? Like I'm gonna roll up to you and say, Hey, how's 6.1 sound? And you're like, nah, I'm thinking I'm gonna take the 1.8 that Montreal's maybe got for me because they drafted me and they benched me in the playoffs. And I don't know, man. I, I my loyalty says 1.8. Yeah, no. No, six six point one. If you don't get it, it's But that
1: guy was one of those people chanting. Was turning that down. If they went to work at whatever they did tomorrow, and someone was standing at the door going, "We will let you do the exact same job across the street for three times what you're making right now," like I'm with that guy, right?
0: Yeah, yeah. Sorry if I've already put 15 years in there or three (laughs) years, whatever it is. But yeah, my family says three times the pay. Yeah, much, much better
1: for me. And just terrible chance. You chanted his salary at him. Yeah. Ooh.
0: Hey, because every time I look at my bank account and see that auto deposit that says 500 grand, yeah. you don't need to shout at me.
1: I, I know I turn away from my banking app on my phone already going 6.1. 6. Yeah. Well, this is it. I'm
0: glad. Look at you guys. Yes, exactly. And I got both hands over my head. Yeah, right? yeah baby. Just
1: reeling it in, too. Right? Just pointing at your chest. Yes, let me hear it.
0: Yes. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And, and so it's, it's, man, I don't know. And the, the fuck you KK is it's, it's over the top man Well, it's, it's that is cheap and shitty really yeah
1: um it's you know it's not like and again cheap. on the heels of them off Aho would be a hero there if he had have ended up there but just yeah. no context no sense of uh oh, we we tried to do the same thing just nothing just ah, I'm drunk and stupid and 6.1 Okay, I so wish they'd have at least chanted it in French would have been at least something.
0: Yeah, well, because you know that the Hurricanes Twitter account is probably going to yes. bring something back at them in French as well. <laughs> Sous-moi would have been, would have been perfect. But, uh, <laughs> it is, uh, and who do you blame for that? Who do you blame, not for the chance, but who do you blame for the, the blinders or the nearsighted? Do you blame... Uh, we've just... Molson, or do you blame Bergevin? Who do you like wh-
1: for like letting him leave?
0: No, for the for the like my nose is at a joint because Carolina did this to us, right? Who who is it that you you point at and say, yeah, well that's your fucking
1: fault, man? <laughs> I want to blame like, the fan base. Uh, no, look, I. I don't really blame either one of them because I they couldn't do it right. They would have been no. held. So, but at the same time, you did try and do it to Carolina two years ago. Tom Dundon, by all accounts, has got a bit of an ego and felt like you know one of these big market teams and a, a classic Canadian market is trying to flex on us, thinking we can't match. And you got his back up a little bit, and so he did it. And by all look the social media stuff that's gone along with this in Carolina, almost all of it has been amazing. (laughs) And I'm very here for this kind of, you know, growth into being more shitty towards each other. um, Just in terms of being competitive and stuff like that, that the, the social media team did not go to Don Waddell and Tom Dundon and say, Hey, if you went and got, Caught Kinyemi, we could do some really fun yeah. stuff, but they Damn. communicated with each other. This was a hockey decision. They did decide. Maybe it's personal. Maybe it's not. Maybe it's revenge. Maybe it's not. But the social media team, uh, there was a great article by Sarah Sivian in the athletic this weekend where they talked to the head of the, the social media department just on how this has all come together. And you know, the, the, the management team, the hockey side does communicate with them. We're about to do this, be ready for this. And then they kind of go, Hey, can we, and Tom Dundon's just been like, yes, yes, you can. <laughs> right. Like, yeah. so it, it's still the hockey team running the show, but the social media team is allowed to just take that and go to a place that nobody else is going. And, oh. <laughs> and when you do that against, and listen, it would be the exact same thing if it was Toronto. So I'm not trying to be, but when you do that to a stodgy kind of old classic franchise that isn't going to do that stuff in return, fans get their back up. Teams get offended, Um, but outside of the NHL, there are other social media teams in in other sports miles ahead that are doing stuff like this, that are keeping it entertained, and there is an interesting sort of dynamic there that Don Waddell especially, he knows a bunch of shit that went wrong in Atlanta, Right, another non-hockey market. If you can do anything to stand out and to get people talking and to keep people interested... I think he's down with that. And so, um, yeah, he sort of, as this piece, I, I bookmarked it. I'll share the link because it's absolutely worth a read if you're subscribed to The Athletic. He's very willing to communicate with the social team. Hey, be prepared. We've been trying to trade for Kotkaniemi. It didn't work, so we're going to offer Sheedem. And then those guys sit down and start putting together the, um, you know, turning the, the, the Twitter profile French and like all the little things that they've done over the year to elbow and jab at them. They have full reign to do that. And so I don't really blame the Habs for not matching. Um, the, the Canes obviously saw a chance to do something that the Habs was going to put Montreal in a tough spot. And that's what they should do. Like, it's a competitor, right? Yeah.
0: And, and really, my question before was, you know, you did this to them. You tried to yep. leverage a situation. And then when you do it back that you're bitchy about it. Yeah. I, I, the, all I'm saying was, that's where I was talking about. Who do you blame? for my situation? nine minute. Uh... Yeah. But, but it's, it's fine. Um, the interesting, you. the other interesting thing in that article is, is how dangerous is it? And dangerous is it to have your, your social media department and your marketing guy, they're, they're doing this. They're going to release these and they're doing it from a place called tobacco road, <laughs> sports bar and brew house. <laughs> Like, hey man, not that's- only, not only we to let you cut loose, but I'm doing it at a brew house, watching the game, cutting, throwing back a couple.
1: Well, that's really how half of TCA's decisions get made and lots of crucial things get decided up at the prime burger bar here. In, yeah, yeah, for uh, sure, man. Life
0: changing decisions. <laughs> I, I get it. But you and I both know that
1: sometimes. Yeah. They're not always great decisions that come out of those buildings for sure. So. No, I I thought it was interesting that Kotkin Yemi rolled back in, and, and look, the thing about like this happens. I'm not just shitting on Montreal. I I kind of am because I like to do that. But hockey fans or sports fans, we are getting dumber as we go. Like the fact that people boo Phil Kessel when he comes to Toronto, who did his best here and then got traded. He didn't leave, and yeah. he. You, Like, there's certain things that happen. Kakanyemi was offered double, triple the money to go somewhere where he felt more appreciated. And you boo that guy for doing exactly what any one of us would have done in the exact same situation. It's just become this cliche that anyone who was once on my team and now isn't is a villain. And that's, it's kind of stupid, man.
0: Is that situation exacerbated by, at that
1: point, an 0 4 start? Oh, I'm sure. We're furious at a lot of people at 0 and 4, right? <laughs> yeah, the timing was not great. And then Carolina making it an 0 and 5. Uh, yeah, no, there's, uh, I'm sure that was a part of it for sure. Well, speaking of people getting weirdly booed or unfairly maligned, uh, Eric Carlson rolled back into Ottawa on Thursday or Friday, Thursday.
0: That would have been Thursday.
1: And uh, was also Brady Kachuk's first night back in the lineup. So the Sens' last captain versus what most assume would be uh, the next captain. At some point, they're going to go ahead and make that move. But uh, he was not well-received upon his return, was uh, the former star defenseman for the Ottawa Senators. Is that just a further extension of what I'm talking about, or has people got reason to be mad at Carlson? Yeah, well, I I, th- I think he was traded. And again, I guess I should say, not his first return to town either,
0: right? No, for sure. He was here last year, or two years ago. Sorry, yeah, and took a dash five Oof. in a in a San Jose Ross. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So uh, that was pretty sweet. Now at that night, it's funny because there was a great reception for him. He he was cheered upon his return, and then sort of booed, right? You know, which is the
1: yeah. Standard. Well, I always point just for a second to Sundin's return with Vancouver to Toronto where he got booed every time he touched the puck. Then they run the video package during the first commercial break of the first period and the fans go crazy cheering for him. They have to delay the face-off coming back because fans are still cheering and, and whatever. And then he gets booed the rest of the night. And then as he scores to win the game in the shootout for Vancouver, they're booing him all the way in. And as soon as he scores, the place erupts with cheers again. And then that was just sort of the, it's, it's an <laughs> odd... You know. You mean
0: hi, I'm Matt Sundin. I was captain of one of the greatest NHL teams ever. And you're like, where did where did you play? Like what <laughs> wh- what are you talking about? And what did you ever win? You doughheaded headed sack of shit. Oh he, on, okay. Man. You're losing me. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, I just I, I, I laugh every time I see that N- commercial.
1: He was classy enough to never curse on the broadcast yeah on his return
0: well and and so anyways i won't spend a pile of time on the carlson thing but to me there's been a bunch of things since he left like he essentially forced the trade out of town didn't didn't resign and thank god in in (laughs) hindsight um i I didn't like the trade at the time i'm going to be completely honest but you know when then the whole thing you know his his snide remarks you know since then
1: i think a lot of people he just yeah, I sort of, sort of forgot of, about that. He did say something about, I didn't come here for another rebuild or rebuilt. something. Rebuild. If same. I
0: wanted, I would have just stayed in Ottawa yeah. if I wanted a rebuild. <laughs> and I've been through this for nine years in Ottawa. And you're like, fuck you, man. <laughs> a- anyways, yes, it is it is one of those things. Fuck you so, for your
1: accurate yet damning comments about my favorite yeah, team. But
0: again, they, but they made the playoffs in five of those nine years. Yes. Went to the Western Con- like Eastern Conference final. He And he was great. <laughs> but he, to me, as a, as a as a hometown player, right? Yep. You loved what he did, and he won two Norses. Like that is no small feat, and probably should have won a third. Yeah. But true. There was always something about him that rubbed you the wrong way, right? And whether it's him in the Princess Leia outfit, and his and his wife wearing a Darth Vader outfit, it was it's sort of weird, I was right?
1: A little on the nose.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, and anyways, right? You just sort of go, yeah, but he's ours, right? And then he gets out, and he starts to you know he starts to throw a little shade. You're like, ah,
1: what do you think of the new haircut?
0: Uh, to me, 100% less Tony Buds looking, <laughs> less weasel, yeah. less weasel looking. Sorry, Tony Buds, if you're listening, <laughs> not that you look like a weasel, but yeah, to me, it's clean it up, man. Clean it up. It's good. Yeah. I think he, I think it's past. He's matured
1: it. into it, I guess a little bit. Right.
0: Yes. Uh, we'll, so, so no, g- go ahead.
1: I was just going to move us off of that, unless you had anything else there. On zero.
0: Although I am surprised by how decent the Sharks look right off the
1: hop. Would they go four and zero through uh, to open the season well, against Canadian teams? I think Winnipeg yep. was in there to open the season in San Jose, and then uh, wins in Montreal, Ottawa, and Toronto.
0: Yeah, and again, scoring five in in Montreal and five in 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 Toronto, and I was su- I was just I'm surprised by you know when you have they have some nice depth down the middle in terms of. Couture hurdle for the time being. Yeah, you know Benino. The, the defense to me is is ripe for expiring at any point. <laughs> but but James Reimer rolls into Ottawa and does, does what, what he James, does, man. Does James Reimer <laughs> shit here, man? Like like to me, it's a game. They Ottawa lost two one. Ottawa des, deserved a better fate, but yeah, fucking Reimer doing doing Reimer things, and so yeah, I'm just surprised by by how well. There's a and few it,
1: of those around, right? Like. How long do you say, it's still longer than this, but how long do you keep saying it's early, right? New York had a a good run through Canada as well. Buffalo's off to a really good start, better than people would have expected. Pittsburgh, what are they, 3-0-2 or something like that yeah. to start with yeah. none of their top guys in the lineup. So
0: wow, well, we won't talk about that, that Saturday debacle that where they put the beat down on Toronto. They My. did,
1: 7-1. Um, with
0: no Malkin. No Crosby, no LaTang, no no anybody else.
1: No Carter, no, yeah. yeah.
0: Who was playing? It's a Scranton, Wilkes Barr, Kesper Kapanen. Oh, yes, yes, there you go.
1: (laughs) Some guy named O'Connor. I've never, yeah, look, I I know I got a bunch of messages or tweets or whatever today saying, Oh, I can't wait to hear. I don't got much for you. They played like shit, they got beat. I, that's sort of. I don't, I, I know people want to blow up. I know a lot of people are blowing up anyway. We can touch on it if you want, but I don't have much, man.
0: Yeah. Well, the only thing that's really noteworthy about it for me is is listening to Jake Muzzin in the post game talking again about how, and I'm going to paraphrase here for you, Jake, but like how sackless the whole thing was, right? And mm-hmm. how 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 there is no, and that to me is the same statement you heard after, if it wasn't for Muzzin, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm pretty sure it was for Muzzin. Yeah, it was after the playoff elimination. You're like, Well, what's happening, man? What's happening? And again, you, it, I guess you, you can make those statements, or maybe you can when you gift wrap one of those turnovers in the, in the neutral zone.
1: I don't know. Maybe it gives you more, more of a, of a right to say it, but there um, was a point in that game. It was long before 7-1, where I was sort of like, oh, my God. Like, where, you know, three out of the first four goals are like weird deflections and bounces. And then there's the Campbell one where he just doesn't even move. Like, he doesn't respect. uh, I can't even remember who the hell (laughs) hit him with the wraparound. But he just stood there. And you're like, that's terrible. And then the wheels came off. They didn't even try. Like, it was a shitty performance. It really was. I thought Friday night was a, a poor performance. I thought Saturday night was an awful performance. And so... You can say all those things, and Muzzin should. He's been brutal to start this season. That him and Hall together have been awful, um, but no one cares. No one wants to hear it anymore, right? Like it, it's you heard it after the the playoff round. You heard it. Um, we've just heard it too many times. So, to me, on one side, I would look at it and say that Toronto is leading the league in. Um, rush chances, net front chances, cycle chances, and scoring chances in general, and last in the league in shooting percentage. If you believe that that is likely to continue statistically, then yes, you should be very nervous about how this season is going to go. If you believe that those things will sort of rectify themselves and and come back to a place of equivalency, then, you know, it'll turn. But you just, you you haven't, and this is the one thing that I said last year when we talked about the end of that playoff series. The time for the benefit of the doubt is over. People are frustrated. People are pissed off. People don't want to hear it anymore. And so when you have an awful night and you lose to Wilkes-Barre with your full lineup in there, people are going to rip you. And I don't really have the energy to get pissed at them anymore either. You get to be frustrated. I'm also... I guess, you know, when I was doing up some topics for this show that I was sending stuff over to you, most of them I sent before the game last night, and I woke up this morning, you know, trying to decide whether to add it or not to the list of things to talk about. And it was just, I asked myself, do I feel any different this morning about this team than I did yesterday? And the answer was just no. It it, it was a shitty performance. They may come out and, and, you know, have a great week. They may come out and have a terrible week. We'll see. I just... I've seen this before. It doesn't rattle me anymore. Maybe it should, maybe I should be alarmed, but it, it was a shitty game. Um, but you know, the chances say you're going to be fine. You've kind of dominated four out of six and don't have the results to show for it. So, well, I can't get too wound up. The thing
0: is, I I agree with you 100% that, that these things come back to the middle, right? Yeah, And especially the shooting percentage, but what else needs to come back to the middle is, is points generated off turnovers for the opposition, right? Like that is the leaves continue to
1: Yeah, give it up, put the, man.
0: Put the bullet right in their own. And that play. is the
1: one thing that last year it looked like they had cleaned up very nicely. Like the defense was solid last year, and right. it has not been early on.
0: Right, except for the playoffs.
1: Well, yeah.
0: And, anyways, the and, and I didn't mean to get bogged down on this because there's two things there too. Yeah. A, as well as is, is with Murazik out and you now are looking at the at the at the, the Campbell. Back, Hutch. Hutchinson era has has sort of, and and, and it's great because Campbell it? had. Well, okay, no, I was gonna say, it's 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 great in that Campbell has been very good in his time. Yeah, up until you know whatever, but that this is the thing, right? If it's now you're gonna be you, buddy, you're gonna you're gonna carry the mail, and when you look at the you know NHL goaltending stats and you see Frederick Anderson in Carolina,
1: who were playing on Monday.
0: Looking good. Right. So it's it's um and You'd that's expect a, good a team.
1: 50 save shutout out of Freddie on Monday. Sort
0: yeah, of the, well, the move. And, and again, I I am not sure the Leafs we've seen the Leaf A game, except for maybe that Shisterkin steel show in uh last week, Tuesday, yep. whenever that Wednesday, whenever that was, right? Where yep. the Leafs looked dominant and and Shisterkin, you know, who's whatever they said, allowed 90, you know, three goals on 102 shots. <laughs> pretty good. Yeah, pretty good. But but again, that Rangers team, even though eh? they, well, I was super unimpressed with them.
1: Well, yeah, you should be, the way that went on Saturday. Yeah, Ottawa was the better team for fifty four minutes.
0: Well, but again, the Leafs were the better team in that game. They just couldn't beat the goalie, and 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 to me, they have that Kreider, and fuck you, Chris Kreider again. (laughs) If you're anybody else, you get the benefit of the doubt that after the goal goes in and you go by and your left leg sticks out and bang hits the goalie in the head. Like,
1: well, without any names there, but you, on Saturday, Chris Kreider, for those who missed it, um, the Rangers score a goal. It's two nothing, Ottawa, with like six or eight minutes left or six, something. The third minute, yeah, uh, Ottawa scores, and as that's happening, Kreider decides to. Sides to has happened depends how you view that again but buries his fucking knee through the skull of of matt murray um who doesn't look good now there was some talk i don't know if you've heard an update since then we we all saw what we saw Kreider, you know hit him hard in the head or neck but going off there was a few people kind of saying looks like a lower body thing like he had a bit of a limp going to him or something now maybe he's just woozy right maybe he's sort of half out on but he has had his share of lower body injuries, too, over the years. So I don't know yeah, if we've so, heard a...
0: Yeah, I have. Okay. He he, str- he struggled to get up. So you looked at it and went, wow, is this a... Because he made this huge lunge save yes. earlier.
1: Huge save.
0: And so... Um, but no, when he came off and the trainer was pointing to his head and he was pointing to his uh, own head. yeah, okay. And then today, uh, DJ Smith gave an update uh, Sunday morning saying yeah, it's a, it's a neck head injury. He'll be, he's going to the, the IR. So Jesus Christ. So that is, and again, ask Craig Anderson or ask yep. Carey Price or yep. X number of goaltenders who accidentally, you know, get taken out by Chris Kreider, right?
1: Uh, Chris
0: crashing, Chris Kreider. It's right in the name.
1: That I just gave him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, you mentioned goalies there, Carey Price being one of them. Um, Why don't we talk a little about that? Because for those who are unaware, obviously with the Olympic Games coming up by October 15th, I think was the date, each country had to submit like a 50 to 55 name list, uh, both to the NHL and the IIHF of guys they're looking at. To take to the Olympic Games. And the reason being. That if you go to the Olympics. You are under a different set of rules. As it pertains to drug testing. Than the NHL's rules. And and IOC members. Or not IOC members. The uh, WADA members. uh, The anti-doping people. Can come around and, and check you. Because you may be competing at the Olympic Games. So you have to have this list put in. And every country had to do it. And typically. The deal is. That list never becomes public. We all can assume, you know, if you sat down yourself and started writing down the best 50 Canadian hockey players, you'd probably be in the same neighborhood for 40 or 45 of them as everybody else, right? But somehow the goalie list leaked and there was six names on it. Most countries were only permitted to have five goaltenders on their list because the other thing that goes along with it is, if you were allowed, you would just name every Canadian player to your long list. But now all these guys who have no chance of actually making it um, are stuck going through these rules. So you're supposed to be limited to guys you're actually serious about. The counterbalance, of course, being that, I don't know, give me a, a Canadian player on the Senators. who uh, Alex Forminton, he's not going to the Olympic Games. But if he comes out and scores 20 goals in the first half, you would suddenly want to have the ability to take him. But you don't, right? If he wasn't on that long list, you can't take him. So there are two sides to that coin. Uh, I was
0: going with Josh Brown.
1: Yeah, well. Former (laughs) Oshawa Generals captain. um, He's he's doing good work for me on the As a counter-agent, I guess. Um, Look, so they put out, they were allowed to name six goalies was Canada because of the Carey Price situation. He has left the Montreal Canadiens for personal reasons um, and no one knows exactly when he's coming back. So they were allowed an exemption to name him plus five goaltenders, which were Jordan Binnington, Carter Hart, uh, Darcy Kemper, uh, Mackenzie Blackwood, and Marc-Andre Fleury. Plus, Carey Price uh, still sticking out there, and look, we can kind of kick this around a little bit in a few different directions. But what was the first thing that you thought when you saw that list of guys that are being considered to be the uh, the goaltending trio for Team Canada at the Olympic Games?
0: Finn, Thin.
1: <laughs>
0: Thin is the thing I, I I think of, and then a little below that in an article I was reading, Mackenzie Blackwood has decided to get vaccinated. So funny like, that.
1: You're like what what are you doing man? I I don't I'm I'm confused by that. Um So he was a goaltender for New Jersey who said for a long time no not doing it, no not doing it. And then he sort of was going to do it and then decided again at the last second not to um his team doesn't come to Canada till December. They're saying now he will be fully vaccinated by the time that happens and you know it's fairly obvious that a part of that decision is Team Canada basically told him because I believe the IOC in Beijing have said you're not competing unless you're fully vaccinated, so that would have yeah. been part of his decision.
0: Well, and and so he's been, and I, ha, I I'm not going to lie to you, I don't, I don't take in a pile of Devils games. Oh, I know sure, they're, they're great. <laughs> they're also off to a, a decent start. Yep. Um, but he has been sort of sneaky good for the past year and a bit. Yep. Right, and so I think. Flurry, on the other hand, has not been. He's been sneaky bad, or not even sneaky bad. Just the team has not been great. Bad, yeah. And so Carter Hart is doing whatever you know. Oh man, there's every day I'm scuffling, <laughs> scuffling, scuffling. It's just uh, so. Yeah, to me, you're looking at you're looking at Price, you're looking at Kemper, and you're looking at Mackenzie Blackwood. Oof. Uh, like to me, uh, do you see Bennington making into that? he's the only other guy
1: and he's at an okay start. Look, I, I think the thing you're going to see and Pierre Lebrun mentioned this. So, I, you know, in his article in the athletic, uh, they're going to be very careful about how much you read into the fact that we're 10 days into the season right now. Right? Like, so we'll see as things go, you don't have to make it, but even if Chicago, let's say continues to be bad, but Marc-Andre Fleury looks okay. And is just being repeatedly hung out to dry I don't think that would be a disqualifier. Like, what does Montreal look like right now? Um, the reports all seem to say that coming out of the, the Stanley Cup final last year, Carey Price was penciled in to be the guy, to be the starter. If he's in net for Montreal when they get off to their 0-5 start, maybe it's not 0-5, maybe it's 2-3, and maybe it's... But that team looked like shit. And are they suddenly changing their mind on him um, based on how bad his team may turn out to be this year? I... I don't know. I, I think Carter Hart um was put on the list because of and this has been brought up a few times. They're looking at everyone's ceiling, right? Yep. How good can they be? Let's try and block out the noise. Let's try and block out the teams they're on. Carter Hart's season, or ceiling is very high. I don't think anyone's expecting him to necessarily find it in time, but you would hate to, like I said, not put him on the list, have him come out and dominate the first half and you not be able to to choose that guy. So I assume when the time comes for me, it probably will be Carey price, uh, Darcy Kemper. And then I, I think Blackwood is probably going to have to come from behind to get into that mix. I think Carter Hart would have to come from behind. I think it may be Mark Andre Fleury just on reputation, uh, who gets in there. I don't know which of those three ends up starting. Um, but I think that's probably your trio for me is, is Price, Kemper and, and Flurry.
0: Yeah. I would agree with you on the Price and Kemper. Uh, it, you know, if, if Price is out for 32 days, whatever it was from the start of the season. And it's I'm a
1: minimum just, of 30. He has to be out yeah. for 30. Yeah.
0: Okay. So, um, I, I think it'll probably be you listen to sources out of Montreal or people, writers, whatever. You, you listen to things out of Montreal and they say, they think it may be longer than that. Mm-hmm. Um, but you're still looking at, uh, if he's back for December 1st and he's, and he's got game action in, he's your number one choice on a good team. That to me is, is he's the guy, right? So it really becomes, what do you feel comfortable with? And, and look at the, look at the dark horse, Darcy Kemper, who we talked about after worlds, you know, saying he may be a candidate for that third spot at the Olympics. And he may have with that good showing. And then. Now whatever in Colorado on a great team, he can, exactly. Whatever he can do on a good team, and it's not gonna hurt to have Joe Sakic as your GM and then
1: mm-hmm.
0: Nathan McKinnon as your uh,
1: Kale McCarr. Your,
0: yeah, just you There's have to be a this.
1: Colorado presence on that team.
0: Exactly. And so you sort of look at it and go, Yeah, maybe, maybe, but um
1: I'm I'll yeah. be honest with you. If you asked me to choose right now who I think starts game one for Canada, it might be Darcy Kemper. I just think he's he's played enough good games, and this is all if he's healthy, right? But he's also going to be on a stacked team that's going to help him look very good as we move into this selection, whereas Flurry is getting older and getting buried by a shit team in front of him. Yeah. Uh, and we don't know what Carey Price is going to Look, if Carey Price is back by whatever, November 20th, December 1st, like you said, played a few games and is looking solid, uh, even if he's selected, He's then gonna have January and early February to reestablish himself. I think, you know, he I guess I, I would say is most likely. But it won't shock me at all if down the stretch, and as we get ready to select this thing and head over there, if it turns out that Darcy Kemper is actually the guy.
0: Well, and and to me, the longer we talk about it, um like right now New Jersey is in a is in a wild card spot. Yeah. And again, five, six games in, I get it. We'll see what you look like, you know, come American Thanksgiving, you know, another month from now. Yep. Um, everyone hits around twenty games. I think that's a really good, solid indicator. But St. Louis, I believe, is in is in tops in the Central Division. Like yep. to me, there is, there is, there are things happening early, right? That yeah, Bennington was
1: Bennington was great in nineteen, not so great in twenty. Yep. And has had a pretty good start again here in 21. So. Yeah.
0: So there, there are, there are interesting things afoot. Yep. So, but I, I think that is an alarmingly thin list for
1: this, yes. this hockey, this hockey mad country. Right. So. Why I, do you think that is? Cause we, you and I both, you know, you a little earlier than me, but like anytime I can remember my first like hardcore international tournament that I remember is that 96 world cup. Where, Cuj- where Cujo was amazing though, right? And they end up losing to the Americans. And then in 98, Patrick Waugh was very good for Canada at the Olympics there. We end up losing in the shootout. 02, it starts with Cujo and it ends up being Brodeur and he goes the, the distance there afterwards. 06 was just a fucking gong show. Um, 2010 is Luongo and, and Brodeur the rest of the way. But like, there's a... There's like a 10-year period there, as I'm getting into the NHL video games and stuff, to the mid to late 90s, where it was Wah, Belfour, Brodeur, and Joseph were like regarded as four of the top 10 goalies in the league, probably, and, and three or four of them are Canadian. Well, obviously, all four of them are Canadian. Like, <laughs> we don't have that depth anymore. Like, even in 2014, I can remember, like, We're handing it to Price. It's probably going to be fine, right? But that was his first time, and the backups were again like Flurry. I think Luongo was on that team. Mike Smith. Yeah, there you go. Twenty ten. It was Luongo and an aging Brodeur. You weren't even sure when Brodeur handed it to Luongo if it was going to go okay. Like, there's this feels like it's been coming for a while that while Canada maintains this status as like hockey powerhouse the goaltending has been outsourced to other countries.
0: Yeah, well, and the first move with that was when the CHL decided that they were going to to limit yep. European goalies. Yep. And maybe it may be all non-Canadian goalies. I, I can't remember, but for sure, no more
1: Europeans. Right.
0: And so, because they realized, hey, what are we doing here, man? Yeah, we only have
1: one the- net in each he- <laughs>
0: Well, this is it, right? And and at the end of the day, we want the best product, but we also want to develop Canadian kids. And so, yeah, in terms of import rules and stuff, it's 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 I I don't know what the what the deal is, right? In terms of
1: well, because for a while it seemed like it was Finland that had taken over putting out all the best goaltenders. Now Russia has kind of reestablished itself as a bit of a goaltending. Uh,
0: well, or established itself because yes. since Tretjak, I can't think of a good. Yeah, A good Russian true. goalie, right? Well, Javi
1: you know, I guess, for a little while, you know, but he didn't yeah, want to for play sure. for them for a bit either. Yeah, so. yeah.
0: But, but again, it, it always seemed like that was the weak link yes, on, a, yeah. on a Russian team. Yep. Whereas you look at the Americans, you know, is it Gibson? Is it Hellebuck, right? Like, all of a sudden, you know, you look at a bunch of other countries and you're like, hey, that looks pretty good. Yeah. Hey, that looks pretty good. You're like, what are you, you going to do, right? And so you start to look at the Canadian goaltending kind of looks shabby in comparison, right? So... It'll be super interesting. It'll be super interesting. And I think, you know, at the end of the day, whatever happens, it's not going to be goaltending that doesn't win Canada the gold medal.
1: Might be it our might, shaky blue line.
0: This is it. <laughs> this is it, right? It may What's be happening? a combination of that. <laughs> I, yeah. Well, I don't know, man. We could but what does that mean? Right. We don't have a Rob Blake or an Adam foot or uh
1: Chris Pronger, Scott Niedermeyer. Again, like you go back to that kind of golden generation. But again,
0: those first three guys you did, we just named right between Blake foot and Pronger. Yeah. Like
1: they would have ripped your face clean off. Especially
0: especially (laughs) foot and Pronger. Like those are guys who are going to be like a serious thug mentality, right? That they are going to, what do I need to do?
1: Yeah. Now we're looking at, uh, Again, as much as I love the analytics stuff, now I'm counting on Cale McCarr to skate it out of danger. I'm like, can't you just kill that guy? Like, couldn't you yeah. just bury a fucking buddy or stick into his teeth? Like,
0: yeah, no, sorry, we can't. <laughs> we can't. We can't do that, right? And so it'll be super interesting to see how that shakes out. But to me, it's, it's you look at the star-studded forward cr- crew and then you go, I don't know. The rest, man, is just like, eh, I don't know, man. We'll have to wait and see how it shakes out and and what what the first three months of the season look like. Now, do you know if William Nylander made the 50-man <coughs> Swedish roster? <for>
1: <laughs> I have no idea, to be honest with you. You'd like I, meant to,
0: to, I meant to look it up. I was like, come on, man. Like
1: For those who don't know what we're driving at, he apparently was not invited this summer to the Swedish Olympic camp or whatever. It was. He yeah. had to however many... F- forwards they were looking we were like, are you serious? <laughs> like, yeah. I get like, he's Willy. not,
0: he's not, he's not in the top 16 forwards in yeah. Sweden.
1: Apparently not, man, but yeah, maybe he can so, get back to Calgary the way he's playing right now. Maybe he could find himself. A, there was a certain winger from Toronto Maple Leafs that was, a lot of people were talking about making a spot. His spot may be open for a, a good rugged Calgary boy like William Neilander.
0: <laughs> well, and whatever that winger you're talking about,
1: if he could hit the net, I don't even need him to hit a pass, okay. man. Like,
0: All right. Uh, but, we got uh, other man, people
1: who hit the net.
0: <laughs> but man, there's a lot of glass. And you're yes, yes. like, well, what is happening here, man? That guy is, he is looking like he's taken his, his playoff shenanigans and rolled it right into.
1: The I'm still trying season. to figure out, you know, we talked about the Saturday night game there where he didn't play for like the first eight minutes of the third period, but there was two or three penalty kills in there. So it's really hard to. Did he get benched or was it circumstances? Cause then you're like Tavares also didn't play during that. And you're like, ah, I don't really know what that was, but they're clearly not happy with, uh, with how Mitch is doing. But,
0: oh, Mitchie, that's a shame, buddy.
1: Anything else for this one, man?
0: Uh, just, just a couple of quick hitters. Um, Saturday, I, we'd bought four tickets to see Canada play New Zealand in the women's soccer. Oh Yeah. The Canadian celebration tour, and it was interesting listening to Bev Priestman, who's the, for those of you who don't know, is the women's national team head coach, and she was and and Vanessa Gillet, I believe, is is um, just Jill, Jill, yeah, I think it's Gillet, I think. Okay. Anyways, neither here nor there. They were both saying in in separate interviews that, you know, it's while it has been a long time since the gold medal. There really because there was no no fans in the stands there you know you you were sort of detached from any other emotional reaction other than your own so
1: really nice to see 16,000 plus several members of the TCA crew over there for the uh for yeah. the game
0: well and so all the ladies from this house and I was originally in the go but I got bumped for friends so,
1: uh, I know yeah, our pal, Amy Burke, like I said, we'll be on the show Thursday, her and, uh, her husband, Tyler were over there. Michaela and was over there as well. So, uh,
0: so they were, uh, they were fired up five, one Canada win. And, uh, the crowd response was, uh, apparently was amazing right. for them. And, uh, they, they got a little impromptu, uh, skull action, which is the, you know, you see it at, uh, TFC games, that sort of Viking war yep. chant with the like, clapping over the head. Uh, the ladies here were quite impressed with with that. That fired up, and so uh, a really nice moment for the for the Canadian women's national team to to come home and feel just a, a get a
1: portion. little recognition.
0: Yeah, I'm a little a little portion of the love that the, that the, the country was feeling at the time. So for sure, uh, nice and and maybe Amy because I wasn't there. Right, I opted to stay home and watch the Sens Rangers game on Saturday here in peace in peace and quiet. Yeah. Um, but another interesting thing out of that in a side note is uh, at dinner on Saturday night, the 13 year old is saying, Oh, this cool chant started up. And I, I, you know, I, I, ha- I, but I have the video recording. 6.1. On 6. yeah. <laughs> Fuck you. KK. No, but I'm like, why, why are you videotaping it and not joining in on it? I don't understand how white oh, people. You instead-
1: don't. No, you don't.
0: <laughs> instead of, <laughs> in- instead of just like, I always got my video, like I always got my phone out to record this instead of enjoying, like partaking in that moment. Like, why do you got to videotape it? I I don't get it.
1: No, but that is the the new thing, and it's been a thing for a very very basically since Facebook became big in like oh six. You start to see people who post pictures from the concert that they were just at, and you're never gonna look at those again. Like you take pictures of like no one has ever taken a good concert picture, because usually you're drunk, there's lights blasting back in your face. Somebody at the last second who's kind of grooving in front of you, throws an arm out or something. That's me, baby. It's not ever good, but you do feel like in that moment, I want to capture a piece of this, but you always fail. And we, we've talked about it back in the old audio whiplash days, man, the, the concert promoters or in certain bands and stuff. were starting to want your phone, like in those locked up pouches or whatever, yep. so that you would enjoy the moment instead of trying to recapture the moment or share the moment or uh, whatever you want to do. So she's far from alone. This has become a thing uh, now that this course. this is going to be big on my Instagram if I can get a good video of this chant or whatever. Yeah. It be. And,
0: and, and at the end of the day, as you said, you look back at something like I, I think about that moment where you and I saw the hip at the Oshawa General Motors Center. That was an awesome, we're four rows from the, from the band, right? Yep. We're like right there. And it was this incredible moment, right? Where, you know, anybody on the floor, anybody that close, you're feeling it, yep. right? You're, you're, you have this synergy with the band, but if you were, if I was to take a video of that and look at it two years later, yeah, it's just it doesn't stale. Carry. It doesn't hold. It, it doesn't, it doesn't at all. And so put the phone away. <laughs> And enjoy the moment because to me those moments live forever in in your mind, right? Yeah. And so, and and you have the feeling associated with it. I think if I was to look at a video of that, it would it would distance the feeling I had of of the moment from yeah. the actual yeah. from the actual thing. You'd be like, oh, okay, maybe I didn't feel that, or maybe it didn't happen, right? But it's
1: not as good as I remember it.
0: Right. So to me, uh, it's, I get it. I know she's not alone in that, but it's such this, this, I'm going to catch, I'm going to catch this and I'm going to share it. And you're like, yeah, but no, you, you, you never, you never do man. So, so ride the wave, live the moment, right? That that's the thing.
1: taste the dragon.
0: <laughs> yeah. And so, so the, the one thing I have to finish is, and it's short because is, is the baseball world series. And, yeah. and I, and I know the network's, we're so hoping for a Red Sox Dodgers World Series. <laughs> you're like, we got the Northeast and we got the we got Los Angeles in the Southwest, and we're just these two behemoth markets, <laughs> and we're gonna do this. And you're like, instead, we got Houston, Atlanta, and Rob couldn't love it more, right? I to me, this is
1: well. You know what it reminds just- me of? Like, there's a million of these out there, but. In 07, in the Stanley Cup final,
0: Anaheim Ottawa Senators
1: could have been Buffalo, a huge market in the U.S., right? Always, even when their team is nowhere close to being in it, always one of the cities with the highest ratings for hockey could have been Buffalo, Detroit, and Detroit again, or Hockey Town... Nice Eastern con- or Eastern time zone would have been nice too. Instead, yeah, it's it's the smallest market in Canada versus yeah. the LA Kings' little bastard brother down the road, and yeah, uh, yeah not a good. But you're right. Um, the Dodgers. The story I'm enjoying most, man, is people trying to paint the 275 million dollar LA Dodgers as underdogs because they have one of their three Cy Young candidates injured as they roll in to compete with the $135 million. Again, hardly poverty, Um, but you know, Atlanta Braves and I I'm interested. I'll be cheering. Honestly, I I normally, I don't mind the Dodgers, right? I don't mind um, watching with that, but I was happy to see them go down to those Atlanta Braves. Right. And, and, Um, see the, just because of Anthopolis, right? I still have this, yeah, this soft spot for the former Blue Jay general manager and, uh, you know, the job he did in Toronto and, and people forget, like, I, I think he was probably aware going into that trade deadline in 2015. If we fail again, I'm probably gone. So he absolutely did mortgage our future. Now, a lot of the picks and prospects he traded didn't pan out. So he gets a bit of a pass. But he goes out and he brings in Tulowitzki and he brings in Price, Price and yeah and and gets things on track and they make the playoffs and they take this crazy run. Um well, he also
0: brought in Russell Martin, I think.
1: Yep, yep. Um, a little earlier, but uh, yep, he but, was but got,
0: part of the foundation.
1: Yeah. So you know, still kind of beloved in this market, and I do. I, I fall into that category, and at the same time, I am watching the end of that Braves Dodgers series and the Dodgers are like an out or two away, or excuse me, the Braves are an out or two away from making it to the World Series, and their jackass fans are still out there doing the the tomahawk the, the tomahawk. And I mean, it's like, you know the whole world is watching right now. Could you not? Like, you're one of the few franchises who's got to hang on to this name, and I don't know how long that's going to last, man, because the Atlanta Braves are one of, the Washington Redskins and and other teams like this that have had to change their names, yeah, whatever. The Atlanta Braves are are an iconic franchise, right? And they're going to want to hold on to that name. And if you want that to happen, you're going to want to stop drawing attention in these huge moments to the horribly racist undertones to it. Um, but all of that said, with I, I will be cheering for Anthopolis. I would love to see him and and the Atlanta Braves take down the horrible cheating Houston Astros and and that'll be the storyline of this I think is
0: yeah and see and I'm the opposite really I think I, I want I think I want to see the Astros win man I, yeah, I think you I would. want to, what a fucking deal I think, <laughs> I, I think I want to see the big double guns to all these people and, and just hey man we, we 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 did it and now there's no cheating and we've done it what what do you got to say
1: well that was the fun of the Red Sox versus the Astros is which set of cheaters do you want to see make it <laughs>
0: Yeah, oh, this well, sucks. And, yeah, and at, at the end of the day, you're like, you baseball have created this environment with your history and your legends of cheating and yep. and and systemic, you know, baseball approved wink and a nod cheating, sign stealing, blah blah blah, right. all these things where you you endorse it and you talk about the history of it, and then you go, oh, but that's that's crazy that what you did there it's above and beyond it's over the top yeah, you pick
1: you be- and choose your moments
0: yeah this is it right and so the culture of cheating in baseball is huge and so i want to see the astros win and i want to see them shove it in everybody's face
1: <laughs> um you did mention before we started you hadn't watched much of the baseball playoffs will Is that just based on hockey season starting back up? Was it a lack of interest in the teams? And does this final matchup change that at all? Will you be more likely to watch? And one last, as I keep adding on to this run-on sentence, um, if you are going to watch more now, is it more based on it being the World Series than the teams involved?
0: Yeah, for sure. It's more on the the World Series. I like to always check, but I have honestly, and I I think the way the Jays' season ended, yeah, just sort of left me feeling mung, right. and so I I sort of checked out for a bit. I, I was keeping an eye on it, yeah, loosely right through the. Um, like to see the Yankees lose first. You know, I would like sure. to see the I would like to see the Rays beat the Red Sox, but yep. at the end of the day, the Red Sox didn't make it to the World Series screw you boston. <laughs> and so at, at, I'm happy with the two teams in the final, but yeah, it's it's way more the hockey starting up and 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 the Senators playing a very entertaining brand of hockey. Like it's Yep. They're 2 and 3 starting Monday and 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 but the games have been even in a couple of losses have been very entertaining and so I'm interested in that and I'm fully invested in hockey. I'm a hockey fan and but but I will I will check it out because it is the World Series. And I am, as you said, the two teams are interesting. I don't yep. want to see the Brewers, and I don't want to see, you know, like the Padres and shit. Like, don't give me that.
1: Jesus um, Christ, those are your go-to hateable teams, eh? Like, I was well, intrigued just, by the Padres this not, year. Not, hate, not,
0: not, hate, not hateable, just indifferent. Okay. Like, you're like, oh, I thought okay. the Padres
1: have been doing some cool stuff to try and bring that fan base back. Yeah, around I'm finishing
0: and, 25 games well, behind or whatever it was. Well,
1: hard not to when you have two teams in your division finished with more than 105 wins.
0: Yeah, yeah, I know, Fuck. But, you, but you do have. I know West I, was tough. As you've said, you do have the Dodgers who have an injury, injury to one of their Cy Young candidates, and you have another one of their former Cy Young players who's been. <laughs> suspended or yeah, put on some kind of long-term leave for. <laughs> administrative
1: leave, which I Ooh, love. I love when they give athletes administrative leave. Yeah. <laughs> He's no longer doing the paperwork behind his desk every day.
0: Yeah. So it's, it's just. Trevor Bauer's
1: yeah. a piece of shit, by the way. We shouldn't make light of that. But yeah, no, he was, uh, they've gotten yeah. this far without him and they don't seem to miss him. I can't the imagine
0: Jays, he'll be the Jays back Jays there. wanted him so badly too. Yeah. Two
1: a <sighs> Dodged a bullet there. You mentioned Eric Carlson. We could yep. have talked about, uh, Duchesne and Turris and all these stone. No, uh, actually yep. that's not fair. Stone's turned out pretty well, but, uh. Yeah, but
0: see, see stone is one of those guys when somebody said they, I saw it on Twitter the other day, I don't know. It's like, it's like $50 million between tourists, Duchesne, Stone, Carlson and Zabanajad, And you're, right. like, and you're <laughs> like, wow, that's taking up a chunk your- here. <laughs> <laughs> chunkier salary cap if you want. to. Brady's go. gonna
1: have to come in at about three point five.
0: Yeah, would you take two point seven five?
1: No, it's true. Uh, I I'm in, I am intrigued by the matchup, but there's a part of it that's just I always I always dug double A, and uh, you know both for what he did for Toronto, but just as a guy, like he used to be on, uh, as you know, when I was living down in the GTA, like primetime Sports, he was on all the time with Bob McCown. And uh, pretty honest and open about what he was trying to do there, and always just enjoyed hearing him talk. So it's so cool. Eugene, to s-
0: Eugene Melnick has taken his spot. <laughs>
1: pretty much, yes. Um, Friday roundtable was Bob McCowan, and probably Damian Cox, and then Eugene and Double A. So <laughs> 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 Who's not watching that man? So yeah, you know what? It's just always a, a good guy, and there is a bit of homerism to it, obviously. So uh, if I, I, you know, the Houston Astros cheaters, Double A. I'll overlook the uh the racist undertones of the franchise to see him get a World Series ring. That's sort of where I'm at. Go Astros! Anything else? That's it, man. Let's get out of here then. Rob is on Twitter at Captain Blowhard. We're on Twitter and Instagram at Tall Can Audio. Make sure you are subscribed wherever you're listening right now. Don't forget, Thursday morning, episode 896, Amy Burke will be co-hosting the podcast. Uh, lots to get to with her. Also this week, Friday morning, we'll have episode 897 with uh, TSN Radio's Graham Creech and Steve Bunda. We'll be talking all things UFC uh, as we have two huge cards on the next two Saturdays. UFC 267, UFC 268, both huge, both loaded cards, like I said, off the top of the show. Uh, those guys have contributed to Tall Can Audio a few times when it comes to the fight game. Uh, but it's always had to be remote and uh, the three of us have wanted to be able to do something face-to-face and that will finally go down this week uh, in the Tall Can Audio studios. It will get dropped, like I said, Friday morning, episode 897 of Tall Can Audio. With that in mind, we will wind this one down here and we will catch you all next time on Tall Can Audio. See ya!
0: What you just said is one of the most insanely
1: idiotic things
0: I have ever heard. At no point in your rambling, incoherent response were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. I award you no points, and may God have mercy on your soul.
1: Thanks for listening. You can get more
0: TCA at TolcanAudio.com or by searching Tall Can Audio on your favorite podcast app.